Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, July 5th, 2013. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere. This week, we get very superstitious. I almost sang, I almost sang that, but I chickened out. <laughs> <laughs> we get very superstitious with Rails 4, JSON endpoints, responsive web design, and more. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. <laughs> Breaking the song on us. Yeah, I can't. I, if it was, if it wasn't the uh, Stevie Wonder, I, maybe I would have tried it. But <laughs> there's just no chance of sounding good. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm about to anyway. I'm in a good mood. Excellent. Yeah, because the the uh, paperwork came through. Yes, yes. Richard finally got his passport, so the the vacation is a go. Fab. To kiss Askamaskamy. Yes. Excellent. And um, so, yeah, we'll be about a about a week at his parents, and then about a week there. So. Jeez. Well, I look forward to uh, a slew of Instagrams. Yes, a slew of them. Mm-hmm. And this, then you know, maybe I'll be doing the podcast on location for a change. That'd be wacky. There you go. You're gonna bring your big honking mic. Um, you know, I might. Yeah, I find how much room I have. Yeah, I. It's big. We have the same one, dear listener. Yeah, it's big, but it has a nice case. Yeah, and it's surprisingly, as big as it is, it's really portable. Like you're like, wow, this is huge for a mic, but it's really not that big overall. Yeah, yeah, and then you put it in the case, and it's like, well, okay, it's just you know, toss it in a bag and go. Yeah, no big deal. So it's certainly certainly easier than buying one for home and work. Yes. But anyway. So we've got uh, a really fun episode for you. Um, some quick housekeeping. Um, we are going to put off the final Rails API screencast until after vacation. So in the U.S., we, we have a holiday uh, tomorrow. We're recording on Wednesday. Thursday is a holiday, and then you, you will probably be listening to this on Friday. Uh, well, you're not. You're not spending your fourth video editing. You got it. So. Laziness is kicking in, and we'll Sorry. just. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't got. I mean, frankly, I haven't gotten uh, any feedback at all on any of the videos, so I'm not feeling a lot of pressure. Yeah, neither good nor bad. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, there have been plenty of views on. Well, not plenty. There have been views on YouTube, uh, but you know, nobody's uh, chomping at the bit, so they can wait. <laughs> Now that Rails 4 is out, I kind of want to redo everything. Yeah, that's the thing. Can we just so, delete them and start over? <laughs> uh, no. So, <laughs> it's video is hard, man, let me tell you. It is. It is a lot more work. Explaining your code while you're coding is hard. Yes. I could go back and talk about it after the fact and or beforehand, but yes. talking to you while I'm trying to do it just messed me up. Yeah. So, you know, it's good. It's good stuff. It's worth watching. But I think uh, lessons have been learned. And uh, hopefully next week we'll do the final on this particular. And then maybe we'll put me on the hot seat after that. Yeah. More yeah con- I like the sound of that. Yeah. Yeah. We can do like a, a front end. I want to do a, a JavaScript one where I sort of do a ground up, start small, progressive enhancement. Progressive enhancement. Yeah. Yeah. And say, okay, here we go. And it'll probably, probably take two episodes um, but I'm actually working on this exact same presentation for a webcast, so I need to get it down to 60 minutes somehow. So, 
So I think we can do that in one or two episodes anyway. Sounds good. Yes. So shall we move right along? Uh, yes, let's. All right. So I'll set you up. Um, Sorry, did, did you want to like, do the blog stuff first and get that out of the way, or do you want to do that later? Yeah, that makes sense. So the, the theme okay. for this week basically is, is Rails, I suppose. And we are, you know, obviously that's a web framework, but uh, we've, uh, you know, like the screencasts display are very happy about the way it works for creating straight up APIs. So um, sort of migrated from Sinatra to Rails and uh, Rails 4 was announced, I guess it was last week? Uh, yes, I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday. Cool. One of the two. Yeah. So Kelly and... Uh, Josh, how do you pronounce his last name? Catone. Catone. Cat One. Yeah, Cat One. Um, I like that better. I <laughs> calling him that. Cat Number One. <laughs> uh, so, he, so uh, you guys put together a uh, an actual website with Rails Four a web we app, with Rails Four, and uh, that involves doing some setup and config so yeah why don't you talk about the blog posts around that first and then we can get into the the fun stuff uh yeah basically i put up a blog a post on my blog we can link to it in the show notes um about the process i went to just to sort of up, uh, upgrade the software in my development environment and um in addition i figured since i was making making the switch tutorials for for that um i would go ahead and, and upgrade ruby to the 2.0 version from 1.9.3 and so I, I've covered that in there too. But the problem was, yeah, I, I still need to have 1.9.3 and Rails 3 accessible for other projects I've got going on. So the the um, the blog post just covers up just covers um, setting up that environment so you can switch back and forth between the two and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, because that's a, I mean that's a situation like if you want to move on, but your your client some of your client work isn't doesn't make sense for it to. Uh, progress to the bleeding edge then yeah yeah i think i think most of most of the projects i'm working on now i think will get upgraded to four at some point they're just not there yet it's not a not a priority yet cool yeah so we'll link to that in the show notes uh dear listener if you're interested in setting up your mac right it's mac specific yes it's all mac but um with some minor changes you could do the same thing on something like ubuntu i mean it would be you'd be using like um like aptitude instead of like homebrew and that kind of thing. So it's, it's very similar to, very similar to like the Ubuntu setup. Yeah, I'm assuming if if someone's on Ubuntu, there they'll probably be able to figure things out from the. Yeah. So cool, great. Um, all right, so uh, superstitiously. Yes. Do you want to give us the background on how that idea came to be, and then drill into the more technical, gooey stuff? Uh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure how the idea came to be other than Josh just came to me and said, hey, I had an idea for a site we could do in probably a weekend. <laughs> and and by, by we could do, he meant I can think of this idea and tell you how it should be and you can do it. So <laughs> you can build it. So that's that's how we work. But um, Josh is Josh is not a developer, but he's a good idea and marketing person. Gotcha. It is a great good, idea, good too. business stuff. Yeah, I am like, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to more posts because there's yeah. something super... Uh, voyeuristic about he- reading people's irrational behavior. Yeah, yeah, and that's basically what the site's all about, is you can go there and just anonymously or not post your own little personal superstitions and like habits and irrational fears and 
Yeah, like it's super fun. It's it's even fun thinking back almost nostalgically because uh, I, you know, I've, yeah. I could only come up with one. I know I have other ones, but thinking about it, it's kind of fun to uh, sort of like walk down memory lane for your yeah, o- it is. OCD past. Yeah, because I noticed a lot of people were posting things like from their childhood. Like, oh, when I was little, I was afraid of this because of this. And I thought if I did this instead, and it's just some of the some of the crazy things you come up with as a kid. Yeah, is, is fun. So, yeah, it's kind of. You know, kind of in the in the same along the same line as um you know post secret or or heard in New York or text from last night that that kind of type site so yeah it's fun so yeah it was a you know it was, it was a pretty simple build but there are a couple a couple little complexities under the hood that aren't immediately obvious from the outside but yes so um, I think so let me I'll sort of paraphrase for the listener what. It looks like if they're, you know, when they once they get a chance to see it and post their superstitions, they'll see for themselves. Yes. But um, it's basically um, so the the main thing about it that is surprising is that you don't have to create an account. Yeah. So you go to the site and you can immediately submit a post, and then you can add an I think you called it a nickname. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want, and if not, it's just anonymous, and then your whatever you wrote just goes up and uh, into the stream at the top of the stream, almost Twitter-like. And you can uh, on each post, if that's what, is that what you call them? Yeah. On each post, there are. See if I can do this from memory. There's. Uh, you can flag it as inappropriate, and you can click on the heart to what do you call that? Like it or favorite it? Yeah, or, just like a little a little like. And um, you can uh, share to Facebook or to Twitter. And mm-hmm. what's the arrow? Oh, uh, there's a. Oh, that's right to it. Yeah, permalink. the permalink. Yeah. Okay. So you get these sort of five options on each post, and um, so you know, like I I stumbled across the one thing right away where I was like posted and I had a typo in it and I was like ah oh, oh, no. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna add some editing, but it gets a little tricky since we're not doing accounts. So I haven't. I just it's not there yet. Yeah, it's such a funny thing. Like like you want to make it easier with by having no accounts so people can just like blast and like immediately get started. Yeah, and the and the anonymity anonymity too. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But then it's amazing how many features really, you can't just let anybody edit anything. That would be pandemonium. And, uh, um, you know, and things like faves, like when you click the heart, like how do you, with no accounts, how do you know someone's just not leaning on the mouse and just like click, 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 click (laughs) on the likes to, you know, because they're the kind of person who needs their personal superstition to be at the top of the list. (laughs) Um, so you get the idea. It's like you, you, all of a sudden you take away identity and it makes otherwise simple things kind of complicated. So, all right. So I think that's, is that, did I miss anything? That's kind of the big uh, picture. No, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's a, there's a random post view that'll take you to a random one and some, yeah, just, yeah that, that's basically it. I mean, it's on the, currently it's a very simple site. Like I said, we're, we're thinking about adding adding some some editing capabilities, and we'll probably at some point drop either discuss or Facebook comments in there. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. It's it's crying out for commenting. Um. So cool. So all right. So that's the basic picture of what you can expect when you go to superstitious.ly. And um, uh, I guess Kelly, why don't you take us through the? I mean, maybe maybe as far back as the 
set up, setting up your environment, although I think maybe the blog post will cover that, and then into the, the kind of workflow and what you did first and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I think the blog, the blog post to cover most of the environment, but just real quick, um, I'm using uh, using RBN, I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce it, RBENV, it's, it's Ruby, Ruby in environment, um, it's a, a version manager for Ruby, it lets you have multiple versions installed at once. So I just, I installed, um, installed Ruby 2 and then um, Rails 4 and created an, created an application an empty application and um, uh, dropped my, you know, dropped a dropped a uh, Ruby uh, Ruby environment local config file in there to tell it that regardless of whatever else I switch to globally, that app should always be um, Ruby 2.0. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then that's gonna then every time you you know, bundle your gems and that kind of stuff, it's always gonna use the right version of things. So, mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah, from there and from there I started building. <laughs> Excellent. And did you start, I'm just out of curiosity, how much visual design did you do before you went to code, if any? Absolutely none. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like, that's almost like the litmus test for, are you a designer or a developer? Yeah, it is. It is. I had a, I had a vague idea of a color palette. (laughs) Yep. Which is nice, by the way. Thank you. It's kind of soothing. It's a, it's a little unconventional, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, and yeah, from there I started with, um, well, the first thing I did before I wrote any code was I figured out, figured out what the data model should be. Okay. And yep. just by, just by talking back and forth to Josh about some of the, some of the little features we wanted to have and, and the things that needed to be in post, you know, like, do we need a title on things? Do we not need a post title? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and, um, and so I'm guessing you, I mean, from the looks of it, you have one table, like one, it's just post, right? Yeah, well, there's actually there's three database tables. Oh, really? But yeah. Oh, right. Duh. Because you gotta have likes, likes uh, and flags, likes and yeah. flags, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's really about as about as simple a weekend project as you could come up with. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was the first first time I'd done anything with Rails four. I hadn't even looked at the release candidates or anything like that because I hadn't had time to. So mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. Once we'd sorted out the the data models there for the three tables, I started with. Um, creating the posts, which was going to be the, the the main part of the application, mm-hmm. and I did that, and I just used the uh, Rails um, scaffold generator just to create some some quick scaffolding so I could get it up and working. And mm-hmm. then I went through and went in and just kind of cleaned that up and and removed bits and, and added bits of my own and, and started styling it that way. So cool, exactly the approach I would have taken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fond of uh, of completely not styling, like building the functionality with absolutely zero style sheets or anything out of the gate. Just worry about that later. Yeah, in fact, that's the first thing I did after I after I generated the scaffolding. The first thing I did was go in and delete the default style sheets, and so I had the entire site working before there was any CSS. Yeah, slide. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. So cool. Um, you mentioned that uh, b- before the show. You said that there is there's not an API per se, but the the app is built in a way that is RESTful and has JSON endpoints. And could you talk yes. about that a little bit? Yeah, um, I didn't didn't build a, a straight up API for this, but um, uh, you know we are we are using a sort of RESTful routing and RESTful resources on this post. If you go to the site, there's a 
you can go to slash posts and get an index of posts and you go slash post and then an ID and you get the ID and you know it responds to all the respects all of the the um, HTTP verbs mm -hmm. get post put patch destroy or delete so I mean so it's very it's very restful in that respect and then each each of those actions will return a response um, in JSON format if you if you hit it with it so awesome yeah so if you add dot json to the uh url it comes back as json which i just tested and it works wonderfully yes yes and you can also make the request with the um application json um header instead of appending the dot json so whichever way you want to do it check you out very cool <laughs> why'd you go with apache um <laughs> instead of nginx yeah it seems like one it seems like you're uh more like, fan like of most, Nginx. most people are doing Nginx with Rails. Um, actually, I went with Apache for a couple of reasons. Um, one, just because it's so easy to set up and I know it so well. And um, two, because um, I've had a we had a remember we had a couple of instances um, with uh, with APIs where we ran into some awesome issues with Nginx and this. The particular, at the time, current version of Passenger, which mm -hmm. I think it's probably sorted out now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, since I was since I was you know I wasn't too familiar with Ruby two and the uh, I was running new stuff and I thought well you know if I'm going to run into problems I don't want them to be with my web server. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't want to have to. It's just one less thing to have to worry about. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm totally I'm totally an Apache guy. It's I'm like every time we have a podcast and talk about stuff like this, I'm always like a total old fart about it. Like ain't broke, don't yeah. fix it. Um, but I will yeah. say that I've had a couple of a couple of run-ins with Apache Two where it's set up in a way that's different enough to annoy me, and then I'm like, how do mm -hmm. I how do I do this with Apache Two? And yeah, it's it's a little bit different between Linux distributions too. Yes, and I was in fact that I was just going to say on the my. My favorite sort of default AWS Linux distro, which is the Amazon distro, mm -hmm. I um, it comes with Apache two, but you can use all the Apache one commands on it, and it's like it's like uh, I don't know if it's what they did, but it's like aliased over so that you can just be old and use like Apache CTL, and it <laughs> and it does what you'd think it would do, or you yeah. can do it the new way if you want to. Yeah. And it's mainly about enabling virtual hosts, and it's it's totally not rocket science. It's like you just need to know where to look and how to do it. Right, right. Yeah, um, I, like I've seen like things like CentOS versus Ubuntu. Things are going to be in slightly different directories and, and that kind of stuff. But it's you know it, it's all the same. It's just a matter of finding finding what you're what you're working on. Right. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about the logic behind the uh, flags? Because when I the flags and the likes, because when I first when I first looked at it, I was like, "Ah, they decided against user accounts. I'm gonna, f I'm gonna like my post up to the top." <laughs> <laughs> and then you couldn't. And then I couldn't. And then you couldn't. Uh, it right now it's restricted based on um, on IP address, mm -hmm. which I I could do it session based, but I kind of want you know, I kind of want a little more than a little more than a session because mm -hmm. you can still you can still cheat a session pretty easily. Yes, that's and, true. And um. So, you know, IP is not perfect because if you're at some place like a university or a business, you could potentially have a lot of people on the same IP. Mm -hmm. But it's better than better than um, 
you know nothing <laughs> yeah and it's appropriate for the for the type of application yes you know, hang like, on just one second i have a i have an, an 11 year old knocking at my door gotcha how's she how's she feeling anyway uh a little achy but not bad that's good yeah she had braces put on this morning so i'm guessing she's not going to want a green salad for dinner no, probably not. <laughs> she, she did. She insisted on pancakes for lunch. So. <laughs> yeah, I gave Cooper pancakes for dinner last night. Nice. He was like pancakes. Um, bre- breakfast for dinner is the best kind of breakfast. Absolutely. Yeah, I usually make pancakes on Sunday. It's the only thing I know how to make. <laughs> and then uh, I always make too many, and then we freeze them. So. Yeah, pop them in the microwave. Exactly. For the toaster. But she must not be feeling too bad because she was wanting permission to leave. So. There you go. Just show off her new choppers. Yeah, she's heading up to a friend's house. Are they? They're not the old like train tracks like kids used to get, right? They're are they clear or like, no? What? They're not clear. They are they are the metal braces. Wow. So it's you know it doesn't it doesn't look too bad. They they look a lot you know, but um, our our dentist office apparently has a policy mm-hmm. that if you don't take care of the braces and you don't brush your teeth well and all of that, um, then you don't get the colored colored elastics. They stick you with the ugly gray ones. <laughs> So. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. Wow, that's so retro. Yeah, I mean, like, we probably could have got different ones, but, you know, I was paying $3,500 for them anyway to begin oh, with. Oh, right. The clear ones are probably, like... The clear ones are, like, three times that. So. Oh, yeah, sorry, kid. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're, you're 11. You'll be out of them in hopefully two years. You can deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Thomas, the train for you. Yeah. <laughs> get you extra colored elastics. There you go. Yeah. She was uh, <laughs> she was struggling to get one of the one of the rubber bands on and the oral hygienist there was showing her how to do it and and I was saying it's like well <laughs> I was not thinking at all and I said it's like the first time I tried to put my eyeball back in. <laughs> it took me an hour and now I can do it in no time. <laughs> and she just looked at me. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, where were we? Oh, where were we? Oh, we were talking about, about I- IP address filtering. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's filtered based on IP address. Great. So do you, so what's your, um, what's your take overall on Ruby 4? Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Rails 4. Rails 4 Rails yeah. um, I like it a lot. And actually, I I spoke wrong the other day when I said Active Record was moved out. Active Record is not. It's it's a, a core part, a very core part of Rails. But there are some some more advanced, lesser used bits of Active Record that have been moved out of out of the core. Oh, I see. And I'm not entirely familiar with what they are because they're more advanced, lesser used, mm-hmm. and so I don't have to deal with them often. Right. <laughs> and um, so I just I, I haven't. I haven't hit upon anything that I need to do yet that's not there. Mm. So, <laughs> so is it very? I mean, is it is it like? Do you need to really do anything differently, or you just install it and you're off to the races? And like, there there are some some minor changes. Most of the stuff that you were doing, uh, if you've been developing in Rails three, most of the stuff that you were doing there will still will still work just perfectly fine. Um, some of it has been deprecated though, mm-hmm. and. Um, there, there are a lot. I think there are a lot of little changes that seem very subtle, 
but the combination of all of them, it just comes together to make everything feel a lot more, um, a lot more streamlined and consistent. Mm. It's, it's really, really a kind of a, a pleasure to write. Wow. To, to, to write code in. And that's saying something because that's, that, yeah. that's kind of been the calling card of rails from day one, which is yeah. that everybody, every, all the developers that, that are sold on it are like, wow, it's just like, it feels so expressive and coding is a pleasure. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's even better now. It's a, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Awesome. Some of, some of the changes like the syntax for active record finders and, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so you know how. Remember, remember last uh, when we were doing the the screencast, and I was showing, I was telling you we had, we had things like things like find by email and find by post ID or, or find by token and yeah, all I, that stuff. Was, yeah, I do. It was all underscored as one sort of one method, and you were like, "Well, where did these come from?" You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it's it's like, and for instance, now it's more like it's find by, and then you pass name. Like for instance, if you want to find my name, you do find by. And then you pass like, the key and value. Oh, I like that so much better. Yeah, I I can't stand that like magic magic method stuff. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in fact, that was that was my biggest complaint about Rails to begin with was that it was too magical. Yeah, it's like how does and, this work? I didn't define yeah, this so function. Why does it do that? Right. Yeah. Love that. So there's just there's just overall a lot more a lot more consistency and routing has gotten even even cleaner and a little easier to make it more secure and or or they encourage um you know routing encourage a little more secure routing like you can't just do um i think in the api i had a had a, a route that started with match and then a string and then it would you know it would match that and mm. and um route accordingly and and now you can't just do a straight up match you have to have to specify the the http verb and, mm. and all that stuff so you're not going to inadvertently give someone right access to something they shouldn't have through through a um, custom route. Gotcha. Speaking of routing, I have a question that um, about I, the IDs that you used. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so for the dear listener, they are not sequential integers. It's more like uh, a, uh, what is it, eight character? Yeah. It's an eight character token. Yeah. And what was the, I mean, it's... What was your rationale there? Is that the default? Um, um, no, everything, all of the, the post manipulation of finding posts and likes, or all, not finding posts, but um, finding posts, finding posts as an administrator and all of the likes and shares and, and flags and that kind of stuff. Um, there's all, all of that still uses the sequential IDs and there's sequential IDs on the back end as the primary key. Aha, uh-huh, okay. Um, I, I did the tokens. Ah. Uh, you know, it just looks a little. I think it's a little better for sharing than something like, "Oh, I'll share post slash three. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like it's like invo- it's like sending an invoice to someone, and it's like invoice zero 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 two. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, it is. You know, like, I just reset the system. Yeah, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> Yeah, certainly when you see a very simple ID, it invites exploration. Yeah, exactly. And in this case, it's probably no big deal, but, um, you know, because the, the application is so, like, lightweight and, like, low yeah. security. Uh, yeah. But it's it's an interesting thing that I think... Um, I, I've never settled on. You know, I I am a huge fan of Guides as IDs. 
because it allows you to have a more distributed system. Mm-hmm. And if you, in, in, a, in an application where, and this is a little bit of an edge case, but in an application where you have actual records being created offline, uh, in whether it's like Web SQL DB or whatever, on a device that later get pumped into a central database, doing the dance of like ID, you know, you know, temp ID and, yeah. you know, if you have to create, so it's no big deal if you just have a flat data structure, but if you're create, creating relational data offline and then you're pushing that to a central server and you have to, you have to like fix all the foreign key relationships, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the easy fix is, well, like, make globally unique IDs, and then you don't have to worry about anything. And when you go into the system, you don't have to change anything. You know, push it to the central, the mothership, I usually refer to it as. Uh, The mothership, um, then you don't don't have to really worry about it. And so I've, I've I've kind of tried three different approaches to this, one being that the mothership creates sequential IDs, and anything that gets created offline gets this like guide. And then when it comes mm-hmm. in, you can see which records were created on the mothership and which ones weren't. But that that offends my sense of order uh, because then you're sort of ascribing meaning to the IDs, which I think is a bad idea. And then uh, um, the other way around is to just do the dance and replace the foreign keys when they get pushed into the main system and that, you know, the sort of don't trust other people's keys concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is just, it's it's just too much of a nightmare. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. You can't reliably do it. Yeah. Um, or I, I haven't been able to in the past. I abandoned that years ago. And then the, the other way is to um, just make weeds everywhere. And then so when you look at the database, it's like, oh, well, you know, these are, these, are, these are gobbledygook. I'm not even going to look at these because there's no reason to. I can't remember them. I can't reliably, I can't reliably yeah. use them in any way as a human. So they're, they're yeah. almost not human readable on purpose. Uh, and that's awesome when everything works. But when something doesn't work... And you have it's a to lot like harder to debug. Oh, it's brutal. It's it's yeah. really hard to to like sort of forensically go into a database and figure out, um, <laughs> sort of diagnose a, an issue. <laughs> Especially that? in those applications where we stupidly or not use the thirty-two character greeds. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a million miles long. Yeah. It's like you're. It's like looking at Cyrillic, you know. <laughs> Um, so, but, but really, I mean, honestly, now that I say that out loud, that's still the best way because in my, in my personal opinion, because that particular, uh, negative use case is, is such a, hopefully that's a rare one. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's really solved if you just take five minutes and write a SQL query, cause you don't have to look at the, the IDs. Right. Right. You, and then, and then proper, proper error logging. Yeah, so you know it, it is a pain in the butt if you're trying to um, directly dig into the database and poke around. Um, but the, I suppose the other the other drawback of that is that you're not your database isn't creating the keys. So yeah. if you insert a record like via PHP MyAdmin or something like that, or like SQL Pro, then you're like, all right, well. Pff, the, the application's generating the IDs and the database yeah. doesn't, so I have to make one up on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I get the feeling it's it probably doesn't perform as well either. It's probably not as fast. Like I'm 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 almost certain it's not as fast as sequential IDs. You're, you're probably right. I I on the one hand I'm like, well, I mean an index is an index, but on the other hand, sequential IDs are probably so heavily optimized that there yeah. there might be a uh, there might be a difference. But as we know, indexing a database is a good idea. Yes. <laughs> as we learned this morning. <laughs> What has the the CPU usage dropped to? Yeah, I, it's crazy. Yeah, we can talk about that in another episode. But yeah. the yeah. the uh, the summary is index fields that you're searching on. Yes. Or make sure. Sorry, let me let me be clearer. Make sure the the developer before you indexed the fields that they're searching on. Yes. Because we learned that lesson already. If you are. <laughs> If you are a developer and you have to work with databases, spend a few hours to learn database design. <laughs> I mean, you could spend you could spend months learning how to optimize databases. I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah, you know, years, like years. A few hours to get the basics, and <laughs> yes, I, I feel like indexing a database column is a something you should know about. Yeah. Although I guess you don't need to know about it if you're just going straight to Rails, right? Um. Actually, I'm not certain Rails. I, you, I'm not certain if uh, I haven't looked in a while since. Um, but I think you still need you still need to go in and add the foreign key indexes. Oh, really? Like it'll it'll set up the relationships and all the queries and that sort of thing. But you still want to go in and, and add the foreign key indexes. Yeah. Certainly check. That's for sure. Yeah, at least at least check and make sure they're there. Cool. But I know I have had. I have had situations where I've had to go in and, and add foreign key indexes to Rails applications, and I can't remember off the top of my head if that was because they were had been in there and were for some reason missing, or if Rails didn't put them in there to begin with. Hmm. But I, I have had to do it in the past. Yep. Yeah. Well, if you're having any kind of slow website performance, number one thing to check is is the database is the database indexed. Yes. So great. So, so would you say overall? So, oh, go ahead. Overall, what? I was going to say, would you say overall Rails 4, big thumbs up? Yes. Yes, I like it a lot. Excellent. Um, and, yeah, so then after that, it was just, you know, uh, front end and then deploying, and that was pretty much it. And you deployed on Amazon Web Services, I assume? Yes, it is. It is, yes. Excellent. It is. And, um, like I said, I had the, the whole site working before I had a, a bit of CSS. And then I just, you know, I dropped in a dropped in a reset that I have crafted over time, and then I just started with um, the narrow screen and style it the way I want, and make the browser a little bit bigger. When it looks like crap, add a breakpoint and style some more. <laughs> exactly. Lather, rin- lather, rinse, repeat until you get to the desktop. Yep. And I'm guessing I'm seeing like a little fancy font. I'm guessing it's a Google. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sweet. So there's. There's not a, not a single image on the site. I'm using some icon fonts. Excellent. Is it font awesome? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, I was checking that out last night, actually. Yep. And I've got um. Yeah, I mean, I could go through and list gems I'm using and things like that, but it's you know, it's it's really pretty basic. Yeah. No. It's, I think it's. Uh, I think that's perfect. So the 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 takeaway is Rails four. Big thumbs up. And visit superstitious.ly and put your irrational fears up there because I like reading them. 
Yes. <laughs> so it's entertaining. Exactly. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.